0: As we start our new series today for the month of December, share the wonder, what we're wanting you to do and what I'm hoping to do is to convince you to wake up the wonder of Christmas. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, let's wake up. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. Let's wake up to the wonder of this season and what it's all about because there's a lot of wonder. And so I just want you to know this word wonder, you know, it's it's defined as a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something unusual and beautiful and remarkable happening in our life. And and so we sang the song just a few moments ago, and we've sang it here lately as well. Have you ever seen the wonder and the glimmer of first sight as the eyes begin to open and the blindness meets the light? If you have, say so, right? It's calling us to say so. I see the world in light. I see the world in wonder. I see the world in life bursting in living color. I see the world your way and I'm walking in the light. Now the second verse is amazing because it's talking about really the life change and the water baptism, having coming out of the waters in the old one left behind, if you have, say so. The post-chorus is, I've seen the world in grace. I've seen the world in gospel. The word gospel is good news, right? It's a season of good news. That's for sure that that we are in. I've seen the world through good eyes. I've seen the world your way. I'm walking in light. I'm walking in the wonder. And I know there's other uh, portions inside of there. So if anyone is here today, the sound of my voice, that, that you are witnesses to the wonder of who Jesus Christ is in your life, and you have seen that life change inside of you and inside of others. Can you give the Lord a great big hand clap today because you've seen it, amen? Woo, I'm so excited, I'm spitting today. We are witnesses to the fact of the wonder of who Jesus is. And we are witnesses of that. So the words of the song are simply describing the transformational experience of having your eyes open to something amazing. Something that changes your perspective and brings you into alignment with God's perspective. So Christmas is fun. It's a magical holiday, the trees and the decorations and the songs and hanging out with family and friends and, and uh, spiritual family here. I think Pastor Mike meant to say earlier, we are a dysfunctional family, not a disgruntled family. I think that was what came out. We are a dysfunctional family. We're not disgruntled here, believe me. We're, we're, we're a bit dysfunctional, but you know how that goes. But uh, you got to rejoice with that one, right? So. Uh, But it brings us into alignment as we come. But as beautiful as all this is, Christmas comes alive in a whole new way. It comes alive in a whole new way if you look into the intentionality of God's plan and its implication on our life. And we're talking about the wonder of Christmas. We're talking about the wonder of Christmas. Have you ever visited an art studio? How many of you here have you visited an art studio? You've been in one? Yeah, so have I. And if you have, you're going to understand what I say. If you haven't, just hear me out and I'll describe it. You know, you walk into an art studio and there are paintings that they're hanging on the wall. And oftentimes, they just have normal lighting on them. And there's a normal light. Then they get you and they get you in there in their position. And then what they do is on that work of art, they, they shine a light that's powerfully focused that brings out the details of the artistry. And it goes from being beautiful to something that is brilliant. It goes from being something that you're admiring as a work of art to being something that is indescribable, something that really brings you into it and draws you into that painting And oftentimes as you look at that, you just sit back and you study it and you say, wow, that is an amazing work of art. It takes your breath away because you were just looking at the same work of art and it was in a normal light. Now as they move the focus light into it, you see it in a whole different way. You see far greater depth into it. You begin to see what the artist really meant for that painting to be what they created it to be, and how it, to, how it stands out. And this is what happens when you wake up to the wonder of Christmas. It's very similar in the feeling that we're describing that we're after this month, that uh, we don't just get into this season and take it for granted that, wow, here it is, another Christmas season, and, and uh, people are living in a lot of panic and anxiety. You know who you are, right? It's December, oh my gosh, right? But we're going to take a look at the wonder and the amazement of what this season is about. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We see this starting off in the Gospels, and it says this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. In other words, if you pause right there, he's aware that she's pregnant. He realizes that he hasn't been with her intimately. He is faithful to the law. So he is thinking his mind about divorce because in those days when you were engaged, it was good as being married. So to come out of that, you would have to go through divorce. And this is what he's contemplating, what Scripture looks at. But after he looks at it, he says he's, he's considered this because the next portion of Scripture, it says, "...and the angel of the Lord had appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins." All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What I want to say is, when Joseph woke up, he was in a completely different frame of mind. The picture was the same, but now the light had gone on. What he knew from before he still knew, Mary is still pregnant, but he's seeing things in a different way. My goal is to invite you to see some of what Joseph saw and the things that he heard. And as we wake up to the wonder and we have to realize it changed. It changed his decision in the course of his life. Rather than going this way or that way, he shifted and completely went in a different way. He wakes up and he takes Mary uh, home as his wife. Just, just like he comes out of one mindset and he goes into another mindset because of the wonder of Christmas, the thing that he hadn't quite known or saw was revealed now. Think about it, if you would. We're not just going to witness the Christmas story. We're going to observe it, and then we're going to encourage you this month to share the wonder of it with others that are around you. So we're going to keep encouraging you through this season to share the wonder of the time of year we are in. If you will just take a moment and just take a look at these stairs, wherever you can get, take a look at the stairs that are in front of me, you take a look at those, or wherever you're at, just take a look at those stairs, and you, you look at it, and you observe it, you observe these stairs, and just think in your mind about the stairs. Now, it's one thing to look at the stairs, it's another thing to know how many steps there are on the stairs. Right? You can look at something, but looking At it is not the same as observing something. You say, "Well, well, why is this so important? Because observation leads us to revelation, which leads us to transformation. Observation brings the revelation, which leads us to transformation. So here is the wonder of Christmas as we start talking about it today. The wonder of Christmas is this. God came down. Can you say that with me? God came down. Come on, say it again. God came down. That is the wonder of Christmas. God came down. Also, because God came down, sinners are saved. Sinners are saved. If you add to that, hurts are healed. Hurts are healed. So God came down, sinners are saved, hurts are healed, and all of that adds up to humans have hope. God came down, sinners are saved, hurts are healed, and because of that, humans have hope. Can I hear a big amen if you're in agreement? Let's look at the first one, The God came down. The angel said, you'll call him Emmanuel, which means what, church? God with us. Not just another baby, he is God with us now. Now, and I want to come at you today, and this whole, this whole deal with God coming down is so counterintuitive because man is always trying to climb up. Isn't that true? In our own lives or whatever we are going through, we're always trying to climb up to get closer to God. And any given day, we probably feel that in our own life. God, how can I get closer to you? Well, I feel like I got to climb up a little higher. You know, I don't add up. It doesn't match up. But you look at this, it seems so counterintuitive. In man's mind, greatness is measured by how high you can go. The status that you gain, the, the, the people you can run with, that's the paradigm of people. That, that's people's logic. It's man's perspective. But even in, the, even in religion, the emphasis always seems to be on man raising himself up to a new level so he can connect with and reach God. So in religion, the solution is give man some codes and some instructions and how to get himself higher, to raise him to the level up to God, and you've got to get good, right? That's you're trying to get good, and that's the underlying message of many religions, and you get good to get God. I mean, that's the perspective of many, but the premise of our Christian faith is that no matter how hard man tries, he can never reach God he cannot ascend to god's level because god's level is way too high so there's only one remedy that god understood and that is that was for god to come down that's the remedy so this is the gospel you could call this the wonder the wonder of christmas the gospel of christmas the good news that god came down and on christmas god came down he he didn't just send he came he took on human form and subjected himself to our struggles. Isn't that a great thing today? He subjected himself. He assumed the burdens of man's sin, and when we accept that by faith, we receive God's great gift of salvation. We have underned favor because God came down. God is with us. He is with us in our strength, but also we understand now he is with us in our weakness. He comes to us. In our trouble. How many of you got trouble today? I don't raise your hand, but how many of you got trouble? Yes, you got trouble going on, right? There's trouble, there's trouble, there's trouble. And how many of you got struggles today? There's struggles that, that, that goes on, but I, I am thankful that God came to me and he comes to me in my weakness, not only in my strength, right? He comes to us in, in our valley, but also he comes to us in the peak moments that God through his spirit He is our helper. He is your helper today. And that through that, he is our teacher and he is our reminder through the work of his presence. So God came down and he provides peace in the midst of your storm. He provides comfort in the difficulties of what you're navigating through today. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. Other people abandon us and he promises to never abandon us. He came down and there is nowhere that you can get away from his presence today. God came down. Somebody say that with me. God came down. Also, second, sinners are saved. Can you say that with me? Sinners are saved. And I have to ask you to freeze the frame, if you were and stare at the story. And you're, he says, you're going to name him Jesus, the angel said, because he will save his people from their sins. Wait a minute. What? You're going to save his people. He's going to save his people from his sin. We know sin or sin, but did he really say that? God's people are sinners who need to be saved. Did he really put both of those in the same sentence? Yes, I'm talking about the wonder today, the wonder of Christmas. See, humans are made in the image of God, and our God-given potential that we have is very, very, very real. But the propensity to sin is in our nature, isn't it? Yeah, so our pleasures, our desires, our interests that we put ahead of everything and everyone at certain points and times in our lives, we later on regret it, right? We meant well, but then we did wrong. We've said things we shouldn't have said, and you blurted it out, and you can't take it back. See, people aspire to high standards, but they constantly, and we constantly fall short of them. Here we are. In 2018, still stunned by the moral depravity of the best-dressed, most disciplined, incredibly talented, highly educated, famous, rich, loved, and popular human beings. And we're still shocked when it hits the news we're stunned when our politicians Our movie stars, our sports celebrities, and everyone reporting the news act stunned and are stunned and are shocked. Friends, family behave badly. Our headlines are completely filled. News organizations stay in business. They they hit their highest ratings when they tell the, the juiciest stories and the details of the failures of humanity. It's crazy, you know, we see them out there, we hear it all the time, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, but, but so many people stay stunned and stay shocked at that, and I heard of this one recently among all the terrible headlines, and it said this, nine celebrities who have really bad breath. I'm like, really? I mean, I don't want to hear about your chronic halitosis, I mean, come on, I got better things to, and people pointing out, oh, you know, th- that's really how far we've gone in our amazement. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it really is um, that a star can actually have bad breath. I mean, really? That's stupidity. Human. Everybody say human. Yeah, we're human. See, you're not a human having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And we miss that so many times. But my question today is, why are we so surprised and fixated on one man's problems and failures? And why are we so anxious to embellish it? Right? Maybe, maybe it is we still presume ourselves something other than sinners. Perhaps in naivety we're still surprised that we are sinners in need of a Savior. I hope no one at Abundant Life Church will embrace the idea that you ever arrived, but I hope everyone would lean into the revelation and the idea that, that we are a sinner and we have to understand that one day an angel started the whole process when he spoke to Joseph and I want you to give his name this name because it's, he says this is his mission and it will name him and he will save my people. He will save my people. Are any of you thankful today that Jesus came and he has saved you. How many of you in this room today are thankful for the salvation power? Don't ever get used to it, church. Don't ever get used to it because that's where the naivety comes in that we just presume. But no, we are sinners in need of a savior. I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful for that. Wow, the wonder, the amazement of that very fact. Let me paint it to you another way. 700 years before Bethlehem, a prophet named Isaiah, and it's mentioned In that, what I read to you today. When Joseph's lights were going on, and this was referenced, I'm going to break it down. Isaiah, 700 years before this, sits at a scroll, and he writes unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and we give the name Wonderful and Counselor and, and Mighty God and Everlasting Father. 700 years later, in the same writer, two chapters over, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, Name's the town of Bethlehem. Why? Why am I telling this? I want you to stare in the wonder and in the amazement that Christmas is not a knee-jerk reaction. Christmas is not a knee-jerk reaction. Bethlehem was not something that came about spontaneously, but that hundreds of years before this, God made a plan and had a plan, and he put it strategically together. I will save my people from their sin. And God's like, I'm not happy enough with just staying in heaven, but I am going to go there, and I will move to their level, and I will be their advocate, and I will be their pardon, pardon, and I will be their redeemer, and the gavel will come down, and they will be t- declared innocent in the sight of God. Wow. Wow. That we see God is constantly on the move. We have a God that is constantly moving towards us. So God said, listen, I'm going to stage a demonstration of this. And he documented it in the world. He documented it in the word of God so that 2,000 years later, we know. It didn't slip through the cracks of history. It's so the world would know that we needed to see it to believe it. It wasn't enough to say, you know, he had to be with us. This goes from God out there to something that is personal and something that is just intimate, that, that we are, we understand by the grace of God we are saved today. So God said, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this. This is this is how much I love you. I, I'm gonna demonstrate my love for you, and I'm gonna send Jesus so that the world would know, that we would know that He is a God that loves us. So you look at it again, God came down and sinners are saved. Hurts are healed. Hurts are healed, hurts are healed. I wanna talk about that for a moment. Hurts are healed. Can you say that with me? Hurts are healed. He not only came to be our savior, he also came to heal the fractured portions of our life, the broken places of our soul that are byproducts of abuse and bad decisions and self-destructive behavior, And I love this part of the equation. This is the wonder. He came to stand us up and he came to dust us off and call us one of his own. He didn't say, okay, you're going to spend eternity with me. He came into our lives to take those who are fallen, to stand us up and to mend us from all of the worst kind of human experiences and dif- dysfunctions of our family, those that have grown up without a father or a mother or both, those that have been taken advantage of, that he came to wipe the tears from our eyes and to give us a new sense of dignity. When I look around Abundant Life Church, one of the most beautiful things that we have is the witness of broken lives that are mended. Amen. That, that when I come in here on Sunday morning, when I look at people... And I know a lot of your stories. There's a lot of you that I don't know your stories, but those of you that I do know your stories, that when I look at you, I give the Lord thanks and I give the Lord praise because I think about how God has mended you and how God has mended me. Amen. That's what this thing's all about. Amen. That's what this is all about. That's, this is what church as we come, that we look around and we see that we have been mended through Jesus Christ and um, people who used to be in bad, broken places, fractured background, that you, you maybe got started on the wrong pathway, but something started to happen inside of you, and now you're not the same, but you're moving in the direction, because why? You've seen the light, and you have woken up. You've seen it in a new perspective, that we know that God came down, and now he has healed me. That we realize as we go into this season and This holiday that, wow, it's such a magnification of many things, whether they're good or whether they're bad. Things that are going on in our lives, things that that seem out of our control, areas where we feel like, man, I can't even go back and mend it. That, you know, um, we know this uh, police officer that just passed away last week in Winchester had frequented Abundant Life Church, uh, Hunter Edwards. The funeral's on. Friday, but we've been in touch with the family and um, just letting them know this church is here for them. And however we can stand and and help them through this hurt and pain and this grief, this terror. Death is never great any time, and then you come to the holidays and think of the pain of this family. Would you remember them in prayer? Would you would you lift them up? Would you talk to somebody about the hope that's in you? Because we don't know. We don't know. But we know that God came down and now He has healed me. That God came down and brought me up, and then I've got new thoughts and new friends, and I'm hanging out with new people now. And I my life has changed. My decisions are different. My choices are not what they used to be because hurts are healed. Hurts are healed. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is here right now to heal you? Now. I'm not talking about when you... I'm talking about now. I'm talking about now in this moment. That we believe that we have a God who is a divine healer. He still heals. He's here. He's healing somebody right now. He's healing somebody right now in this room. He's healing you. He's healing your brokenness. He's healing the fractured position you are in in your life, the thing that you can't seem to get back together on your own. God is the only one that can mend you, sir or ma'am. He's the only one that can heal your brokenness. He's the only one that can touch that area and go in deep and heal the fractured areas of your life today. He's the only one. He is the, the Holy Spirit of God, which is the healing salve of the spirit that he's entering into that area now. And he's healing you now in this place. And all of this adds up then to this last point of humans have hope. Can you say that with me? Humans have hope. Yeah. What I'm telling you is in the wonder of Christmas today is if you don't have Jesus, you do not have hope. That, that if there is no Bethlehem, there is no hope. That we realize as we come, this baby changed everything. This baby changed everything. So please enjoy the family gatherings and, and please enjoy the lights and please enjoy the songs. And, and uh, we love that celebration. And we enter into that as a family as well and the fun and all that. But what we're here to say is that you might see more than anything, you might see not just the beauty and the brilliant or the beauty of the lights, but that you would see the brilliance of this time of year you would see the brilliance again of Jesus and you'd understand what Christmas really is all about. And what I want to encourage you is that would you talk to your families about really the brilliance, you know, the brilliance, not just the beauty, but the brilliance of what this season represents, the brilliance, the brilliance. Why? Because Romans chapter five and verse five says, Paul, the apostle says, why? Well, there is hope. Yeah, where he said, there is a hope that does not disappoint. There is a hope that does not disappoint you. Wow. There is hope that does not disappoint you. Most of all the other hopes that you're hoping in today that's temporal will disappoint you. But Jesus will never. In this world, hope disappoints all the time. In this world, we groan, we cry. So, So what is your ultimate hope today? What's your fallback hope when all of your other hopes don't pan out? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The wonder, the wonder, the wonder, the wonder of Christmas. That we realize it's only through the resurrection gospel of Jesus Christ that we are reconciled to God, that God came down to save us. That's the plan. That's the plan. And God said, listen, it's not your plan. It's my plan. And God says, my plan will prevail. My plan is a plan of hope. We have all kinds of plans today. But God's plan is the only one that will work. Are you relying on God's plan when all your other plans don't fall back, don't, don't you know pan out? They're Jesus' plan. So they're, they're, they're the hope of the world. That's the plan he has. So we're talking about the wonder, and there's no better time than Christmas to open our eyes and open our perspective to see the wonder and the brilliance that God came down and that sinners are saved and that hurts are healed and that humans have hope. That is what the wonder of Christmas is all about. God came down. Sinners are saved. Hurts are healed. And humans...